point of our new series um, where we start a hashtag trend uh, as of like day one of the pandemic, you know, calling it hacking COVID-19. Um, because it, it dawned on us before when the pandemic was called that things were business as usual was not happening. Um, the moment when like two weeks ago, people started sending out letters or emails saying like, hey, are you experiencing flu-like symptoms? Are you, you know, are, we, are you free to, are you good to meet still? Right? Is, is it safe to meet? And we knew like even before the pandemic was called, we're like, there's going to be a disruption. And when the pandemic hit like Monday, last Monday, things went to chaos, right? Like companies were wiping away three months, six months worth of uh, product traction going forward. You know, all their meetings, all their meetups, all their events, all the plans went out the window. So we started tracking and talking to companies, having long-term talks about how are you dealing with the disruption in the marketplace? It's like your own company. Um, how, are you, uh, how are you navigating this? And in essence was, one, show the confusion you're, show, you're facing, but also what's working for you. And let's broadcast that out so other people can get, one, hope from that, and two, uh, take ideas from that and generate ideas themselves. Um, and that was our hope with it. And now we're streamlining that and getting that up and running. So thank you guys for taking the time out uh, and joining us here today. And thank you again for this great initiative you guys have started. I'm really excited to learn more about it and hopefully help promote it a bit more and get it in the right hands uh, to champion it further. All right. Um, so yeah, let's, let's jump in with that. Um, I know we're already recording right now and I have you guys here for an hour. So Let's jump into one, who's the team, how you guys got started, and what, the, what exactly, are, what problem are you trying to solve? Yashin, you want to take that? Anyone yeah, um, no, 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 yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, so I think the, the real genesis of this idea was, um, you know, we're exactly how you mentioned, we're, we're seeing this pandemic uh, impact uh, lives on a daily basis, um, yeah. you know, many different industries, economies, um, you know, I know a bunch of us have had our businesses impacted tremendously and uh, it's just something that, you know, we, we, uh, we never really have, of course, been exposed to uh, prior, uh, before in our lives. And so I think, you know, being technologists, entrepreneurs, innovators, engineers, um, you know, there's always this natural desire to want to solve big problems, um, you know, put together resources um, and use technology to be able to um, get back to day-to-day -day or improve day-to-day -day lives. Um, and so I think, you know, when this pandemic really hit, um, there is a lot of widespread of information. Um, you know, I think there is a getting access to the right information also was a big challenge using different sources like World Health Organization, um, different articles, um, you know, like uh, real or fake that you would see online, um, you know, uh, information that you get from your family members. And I think, um, the real uh, uh, sort of need and urgency was, you know, what is the right information? Um, how can we get it as quick as possible? And so I think um, for me, um, you know, I reached out to a group uh, of, of volunteers, uh, um, of different engineers, entrepreneurs that I know in the Toronto tech community um, that I knew that can help contribute to uh, this initiative, which was to build a chatbot um, where the public here in Toronto, in Ontario, across Canada, um, can simply text a number um, without having to download any additional applications. Um, and right away, they can receive information on updated cases. Um, they might be able to get information on how to potentially um, do a self-assessment at home um, if they may have been exposed uh, to COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, you know, what are the right procedures and steps for um, self-isolation? 
Um, and even being, you know, thinking out loud, and, and this is kind of really where the community came together, um, is, you know, we, a lot of ideas started floating around and um, having validated it early on with um, a few healthcare prof professionals, one of the biggest challenges that they were facing is that their phone lines were being tied up um, with, uh, you know, their patients, with public reaching out to, to kind of get a general assessment. Um, and a lot of them were directing them to the nearest hospital or the nearest um, testing facility. And so that was a big demand um, in, in terms of, uh, you know, can we offer the access of that information as quick as possible? Um, and so as the technology evolved, um, you know, we're now able to let people know where the nearest hospitals or um, testing facilities um, are based on their, their postal code. Um, and I know that, you know, the, even as every single day, um, there's different uh, folks across the Toronto tech community that are willing to volunteer their time from, you know, translating uh, some of the language to supporting, um, you know, the development of, of the chatbot and, and product itself, um, to even, you know, working uh, to get the word out um, through the right mediums and, and platforms. Uh, and so it's really impressive to see this group of people. And, and you know, the, the goal here is to continue building off of um, what we've developed from day one. And, um, you know, again, bring the access of this information um, to the public as quick as possible. No, absolutely. I think uh, the, you hit the, uh, the, the right problem set there, right? People being confused, needing information and tying up essential services, calling in different helplines, helping call the city. And again, with um, the workflow change of people working from home. So even with cities and municipalities and essential services, uh, people are, again, working from home or working minimal hours. They're also adjusting to their work, work environment and their personal lives. So logistically, it's been a nightmare trying to get information out. Right. And knowing what we know about chatbots, in 2020, chatbots have been around for long enough that people are generally aware of how they function. I think uh, it's a great use case for this. It's a great use case. Now, do you guys envision this being like a ask anything kind of app? Like I can go and talk about my, like, you know, how is banking going to be affected with this? Is, is my mortgage going to be deferred or not? Can I, can I ask random questions like that or anything? Or is it meant for particular use cases for municipalities or essential services? I think the, um, the, the way we approach it, Ravi, is, you know, uh, we wanted to solve the immediate need first, right? So the immediate need right now is, there's a need for um, the public to be able to <clears throat> access a few different critical pieces of information. One is um, one is obviously the latest stats, right? Like I actually, even the development team, like if you, you know, I was talking mm -hmm. to Yashin yesterday um, and he was like, you know, I, I text the number every day to see what the latest numbers are uh, because we have the latest stats of what the, the number of cases are, the number of um, deaths, et cetera, right? So we have that available. And so even that at your fingertips is valuable to, to the public. And then secondarily <clears throat> as well, and probably more importantly is the self-assessment uh, piece, right? So the ability for you to go in and uh, go through a series of questionnaires, which currently the only alternative is a, you know, a, a bullet point list on, um, yeah. on a website uh, yeah. to answer that interactively, right? And then, and then also we have the ability for you to find out, you know, what's information on self-isolation, et cetera. Uh, so we we're, we solved that piece first, and then now with that once that core use case is built, I think we're evolving it to handle um, like secondary use cases. So now we're thinking about now that we've identified a triaged a person and said, um, or or sorry, we've helped the person self-assess to the point where they are you know are requiring testing uh, at an assessment center. Obviously, the recommended practices for a physician or a practitioner to actually direct them towards that, right? So. We were thinking, how do you create a queue of people 
who need that, um, who need access to a provider, like a healthcare provider? And then how do you connect these healthcare providers to it? So rather than them slamming the 811 telehealth line, we create a, a wait list or a callback list that physicians can plug into and start calling back, right? So um, yeah. when you talk about use cases like, is my mortgage affected, et cetera, I think it's, it's about being purpose-driven and solving the immediate problem. And so if it gets to the point where like the concern about uh, whether or not there's, um, you know, what to do if you're an SME and you're impacted, if we get to the point where that's the next best problem to solve, 100% that would end up there. Like, what do I do? What are the resources available to me? Maybe we, we would add a feature or a way for a person to be able to access that. No, that's, uh, that's great. Um, absolutely. Like, you know, lean startup framework definitely being applied here. You know, what kind of problems are you going to pl- solve right now? Scale it out to the people and then build on top of it. Um, I, I definitely can jive with that. Can we talk a little bit more about the team and um, how you guys coordinate? Because this is like a joint project, basically, of just people in the community coming together and, and you're crowdsourcing this, right? Sorry, um, open sourcing this so that other developers can jump on, um, other use cases can be built on top of this as a framework. Um, so can we talk a little bit about that, uh, about the people who came on board and how it's meant to scale as a system? Um, maybe, maybe I can speak. Maybe yeah, I can yeah. take that. Um, I, mean, I mean, to add on to what Dushan said uh, before is that, um, you know, like you said, uh, depth first. You know, get a an immediate problem and get it to the uh, the best of uh, our ability to get it to customers, and then go to breadth, which is you know all the other stuff. Like for example, the mortgage stuff, um, yeah. which you know we are purposefully focused on saying, okay, get the COVID nineteen related health impact at risk before we go to anything else. Um, the other is, uh, it's, it's also two segment, uh, as in, you know, in, in commercial, you would say two-sided market, is mm-hmm. we have people, the general consumers, and then we have healthcare providers and infrastructure who's impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, right? Um, so like, you know, uh, Dushan mentioned about the whole, you know, trying to get the healthcare provider connected. Um, one of the goal that I saw on this opportunity joining the team is um, great, we're giving information to the general public, but what we are doing uh, indirectly is removing that pressure on the healthcare providers and the system uh, uh, overall. You know, like right now, anyone could be like in, in panic, tend to run to the physician or the hospital or ER center, you're pretty much loading up that area uh, and then not allowing people who really need that support. Absolutely. Um, so now go, going further to your question around the uh, um, you know, team coming together, um, the way, you know, just like how Dushan mentioned and Yashin mentioned, these are a bunch of volunteers, you know, they got hooked into with their passion, like, you know, Rakesh and them, he, you know, people took on uh, their certain ownership to go after uh, you know, be it PR development, you know, product development, uh, media. So they just came and wore their own hat and said, okay, we're going to go yeah. deliver this. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I see the, we, we are uh, operating on a Slack channel, a uh, bunch of Slack channels. And then I see people are pretty active, you know, proposing yeah. ideas. Uh, they are on their own going and delivering things, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to go reach out to PR. I'm going to go reach out to this person. I'm going to go <laughs> deliver this. I'm going to go build this. I'm going to go hook into yeah. the service. So I see that interaction happening. Uh, although like, you know, us four are facing you here, there are like about 18, 20 people are doing stuff behind the scene. 30 yeah. people strong today. 
Yeah, thirty people on the thirty on the Slack wow. channel. Yeah, oh, wow. it's actually so, really cool. Like it's growing. It, yeah, yeah. And, and to Rajan's point, like it's actually really cool to see because I think anyone who's run a team of like ten or more knows how hard it is to coordinate activities. Yeah. This team <laughs> has had like you can almost say there's no real like uh, leadership structure. It's a lot of contribution, and we just like we're so motivated by this like joint passion uh, for this problem that. There, there's no conflict. It's kind of like, what more can we throw on this? Like, hey, we can think of this. Hey, I'm going to do this. There's a lot of volunteer. Uh, I think I think any CEO would be envious of how synergistic this team is. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, rightly put it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ravi. Yeah, so yeah, just okay. uh, I think yeah. uh, Dushan has rightly put it. Uh, that the, the way the team is currently functioning and being structured uh, is completely mm -hmm. open. Everyone is just chipping in. Like I, I continuously receive messages from people around, like within the Toronto and around the Toronto. Uh, they just want to help. Uh, they, they just say, hey, I can translate for French. Uh, we haven't put for Thai, but one of the ladies, she came up and she said, hey, I want to translate these things in Thai. Uh, because, mm. you know, they want to reach out people uh, as much as they can, their own community, because, you know, uh, there, there are a lot of languages being spoken and, mm -hmm. and, and the people right now uh, who are uh, like immediately impacted are the people uh, who are seniors, right? Seniors and the kids. And, and they have more, like the seniors have a higher mortality rates. And yeah. definitely the seniors, uh, if you can reach out in their own language, uh, this is the best thing we can offer. And the, the goal here is, can we reach out even if we, even we are able to save a single person that accomplish our mission? Because our mm -hmm. mission is to how we can touch people's lives, how we can make the difference in people's lives in whatever we can. It doesn't matter if you develop, if you do PR, or even if you do a translation. It's just one more, uh, one motive. Can we do this, guys? Because if we don't stand up, then who's going to stand up? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I love the, the cause-driven aspect behind this and the fact that you guys are running a distributed team. Like, I'm envious of that because like a lot of people, I've been talking to a lot of people who are trying to attempt it to do this, yeah. uh, us included, where how do you get a, a team behind it? And, uh, and the cause you guys are working on is definitely what's driving all this. But so the, the 30 people, there, yeah. Sorry, the, sorry to interrupt. The, the vision yeah. there is also can we make it even more distributed as in, mm. you know, that's where the whole ideation of let's make it open source so that whoever wants to go adopt it, a country, a community, anywhere in the world who can just simply take what we've done so far and improve it, you know, add their translations and then deploy it in their own country and support those locals. Uh, there, yeah. there are some interest um, from the volunteer group where, you know, connected with health officials or, you know, you know people, uh, volunteering from different countries, yeah. they ask us, can we use it, right? Yeah. So the, the team is currently working on, okay, let's make it open source. We put some of the source code into you know, GitHub and made it open. Now let's put together proper documentation so that whoever wants it, you know, they receive a package, they, you know, ship it to whatever the account settings and then go deploy and they should be able to spin up that same service for their local community in their languages um, they can still use the same model as what we just did, come yeah. up with volunteers there, and they can even contribute to what, what you know, started off here in this forum. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of open source projects, right? People can jump in and continue off what you've built and spin it out into a different product or a different service or addressing a different market. And kudos on you guys for making it. So uh, one of the, one of like the, 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 the things that have really galvanized the community behind this is projects like this. Because with the market shut down and everything like that, there are projects that are emerging that are, look, people are looking at it as what are the impacts I'm creating versus how is this going to create revenue? You know, and one of the beauties behind that is that you're impact driven. And this is a purely impact driven project. And it seems like the team is coming around it. And the reason why you can have 30 people in a, in a Slack group picking up different parts of work and do that because it's, again, the vision is, is so pure. So let, let's talk a little bit about the hurdles you guys are facing, right? I mean, what are, what are things that uh, is preventing you from moving forward or things you have to, have to go through to get this project up and running? Well, I think like just uh, from the early days, so um, currently it's, it's being developed uh, uh, off of Twilio and, um, you know, uh, putting this out to the masses uh, and, and getting the type of um, demand and, and I guess uh, increase that we're getting uh, on, on, the, on uh, the chatbot itself. Um, you can imagine, um, you know, how much of the capacity it's increasing. Uh, and so, you know, one challenge was, you know, how do we, um, how do we uh, uh, um, uh, sustainably uh, and uh, feasibly um, scale uh, the use of, of this chatbot um, uh, off of Twilio. So, um, you know, a solution that, that we did was uh, we reached out to, um, to, to Twilio CEO Jeff Lawson directly, um, and we told him about this initiative. Um, we mentioned that, you know, it's a completely voluntary uh, program. A bunch of uh, tech, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, community members in Toronto um, are volunteering their time to, to contribute to this project. Um, you know, he put us in touch with, so Twilio has a nonprofit um, division, uh, Twilio.org. Um, they were able to set us up with, um, you know, a bunch of different resources and, and support systems um, and discounted credits um, to be able to continue um, in maintaining this platform uh, off of Twilio itself. So that was really, really exciting. Yeah. yeah. And I think similarly as well, um, there's obviously been a number of things, right? So one of the cool features that we have right now is you um, once, you know, the, the pre-screening questions for any self-assessment questionnaire you find on Health Canada, there's like two sets of questions that determine whether or not you're actually in a health emergency, in which case you should route, you know, to 911 or an emergency uh, hospital. Um, we actually have, you know, if, if you answer yes to those questions and you should be calling 911, we actually have an option for you to enter your first three of your postal code and tell you what the nearest uh, hospital in your radius is, the nearest three hospitals in your radius. To create that, there's no table right now that's freely available that has a list of all hospitals in Canada uh, available, right? So we actually, we manually collated that, uh, that service and we're hoping to serve that up as an open API so anyone else in the future can consume it and it'll be part of the open source library. But uh, we manually collated that. So we had, you know, we had a volunteer, Jaden, who uh, I think he's, he's currently in the States right now for university, but he, this guy was up till four in the morning scraping that, right? And then to reverse map that from, um, from postal code to, uh, to geo location, uh, similarly to, to Twilio, you know, we reached out to a company called OpenCage that does, you know, reverse lookups for postal code to geo code. Again, another example of the texting community stranding strong. These guys opened up their, um, their API to us as well and said, listen, we're going to remove the rate limit for you guys. Go nuts, right? Like you're trying to do a good cause, go nuts. So it's really cool to see, uh, like as much as you're asking, like what the hurdles are, like every time we come up to an obstacle, the person that behind that obstacle is like, yeah, we're here, we're here to help. Let's do this. And so the community wow. is coming together. I think the next wow. big obstacle for us is really 
Um, you know, success for us, and we've talked about this as a team, is success for us is that we can get this sponsored by the, the Canadian health officials to say this is the, you know, this is the place where people should go. That's the next big hurdle, and we're working on that to try to find the right people to get this into the hands of so that this can be uh, more publicly adopted and more, you know, like fastly disseminated across the, the, the population. And, yeah. and just to add to that uh, uh, on a quick note, um, I wouldn't necessarily say that this is a, a hurdle per se, um, but it's incredibly amazing to see, um, you know, companies that are already in this space, for example, that are providing virtual healthcare, teleconferencing, you know, telehealth, for example, um, that already, uh, you know, build services to, to support, um, you know, what uh, society today has shifted on over the last 10 days. Um, you know, there, there's so many companies that, that uh, have different solutions that can support. And I think by no means are we looking to replace existing solutions. And that's, that's why we built this in the format that we have through our chatbot, through SMS, for example. Um, but, you know, I guess it, this is more of a call out, you know, we're looking to work with all the existing platforms, uh, you know, virtual healthcare, telehealth, um, uh, you know, other technology platforms that exist in the market today um, that we can, you know, further enhance um, the use case of this tool. Um, and, and again, just go back to providing that access of care uh, a lot quicker and offloading some of the bandwidth um, that, um, you know, our healthcare professionals are seeing on the front line. Um, we may not necessarily be on the front line, but we can try our best to support on the back line. Yeah. yeah. And no. It's cool because one of the metrics that I, I think, um, I think it was Rakesh who you were telling me this, but or maybe it was uh, one of the other members, but like there is a group of uh, general physicians and people who run, you know, general clinics that currently had to close down and, and go back uh, home, right? And so these guys are all available to provide virtual health uh, healthcare. Mm -hmm. They're not working at the hospitals. They're not, they're not the hospital emergency clinic uh, staff. They're actually at home available. And so to Yashin's point, like if we can, there's already solutions that are in place that connect doctors to patients, we can find these people who need immediate assessment and need a, a physician or a, a practitioner to say, yes, you need to go to an assessment center. If we can bring these guys via that platform to connect from the demand that we're finding, like that's us solving the load that currently exists on telehealth, on practitioners, wow. on people who are running assessment centers. Like that's, that's kind of like relieving that pressure, right? Absolutely, because you would pretty much have a pipeline of all the questions and answers people are having around this. Uh, be able to diagnose based off of that and redirect as needed to where it needs to go. Um, super inter interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, and what I like about this is you, not only is your team distributed, but the technology and the, and the community you're building around this. Right. Uh, it seems to be that's, that's what it is. It's a community kind of coming together. One provide the hard work, like the, like the actual um, hard skills required to put programs and make this. Other the soft skills to to galvanize and build a community around this and, and get it forward. And three, the people who have the resources who can contribute just that. Um, has any, have any of you have experience working in an environment like this, in a distributed environment where uh, things are not hierarchical, like you know, the CEO telling you what to do? Um, how's that learning curve been? I think, I think so, we're all startup yeah, guys, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that all of us probably can chime in. Um, mm -hmm. Super quickly from my end, I think just having um, built my own startup in the past for uh, uh, for many many years, um, working with startups, um, being on the community side, um, every single day for the last ten years of my life has been a startup. So there hasn't really been yeah. um, a hierarchy, or there hasn't been direction or leadership or you know step by step process. So I think 
um, we're very fortunate that, you know, uh, or I'm very fortunate that, uh, you know, I'm not the only one in this boat. There's many other people that have the same experience and that have been in this boat before. And they, and, you know, uh, we, we were fortunate that, um, you know, these people are willing to come together with that experience, with that mindset of, you know, as soon as I joined the Slack group, how can I hit the ground running? What can I do? It's, it's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a, a, a give first type of model. Um, uh, and, and I think, you know, everyone has kind of come in with their own unique way that they can contribute to this project, um, and work off of that. Awesome. Um, I mean, just to circle back to a few things you talked about before about this is really supporting healthcare workers and, um, the frontline, uh, the resources applied to the frontline. Um, one of the things about COVID-19 is it's, it's taken the healthcare services, healthcare workers, and they become like a front line in this kind of war against this virus. And uh, I think it's entrepreneur.com or a few people in the community that are talking about the innovation community being the second line, the second line of defense who are coming together to build uh, infrastructure, support structures and projects like this that can help relieve the front line as well as force them and resource them and uh, give them the kind of, uh, kind of tools, modern age tools to, uh, that they need to kind of take the stress off the off the off of pretty much legacy systems, healthcare systems, right? Um, you guys mentioned a little bit about you know having to learn new things, like knowing that there's no database readily available of, uh, of hospitals. That's kind of terrifying, to be honest, right? Has there been any kind of problem, like anything you had to learn from a healthcare point of view to be able to deliver this, or has there been healthcare professionals brought in to like help uh, understand uh, the needs of uh, that space? No, we've got some pretty senior healthcare uh, experienced folk uh, in the team. I think Rakesh yourself, you're, if I'm not mistaken, you're also kind of part of that space. Maybe you want to talk a bit about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think uh, healthcare. Uh, I, I would I would say like uh, I work a little bit, not but not that much. This is my first experience. But there there are something I have been working personally uh, on on the consent side because you know. Uh, there are a lot of uh, activities uh, like the the doctors are accessing records and those records uh, are getting uh, ex like when the, those records get accessed, there has to be a proper consent uh, management should be happening. So there are a couple of companies which are already there in the market, but uh, right now I'm looking into uh, uh, in a different ways. Uh, there is a, some uh, like, you know, uh, there is a new kind of technologies which are coming as a self-sovereign identity and using those technologies, applying these technologies so that they are so fast you do not need to see uh, uh, the, the ID itself and you actually uh, activate those uh, consent using your mobile application. So uh, mm. that, that's what we, we I have been working on this uh, space. I also mm. work in some of the pharmaceutical sites like where uh, these, these pharmaceutical companies, when they are actually building uh, the products, uh, they, they sometimes what happens that some, some of the informations are not proper. Uh, there are mis uh, informations within the systems which should be actually uh, happen because you know when when you produce a medicine, you need to make sure the person who was in charge of the uh, that particular uh, uh, time periods or or or, or a or a job schedule, he needs to able to produce those things. So I, I will not go in that directions, but yeah, 
uh, I, I'm touching some healthcare, but not not a lot. Yeah. Uh, but but there there are teams like Manny and uh, uh, the the other like uh, the members yeah, so, here. So Manny, uh, yeah. So Manny, part of our team, uh, you know, yeah. obviously has experience in healthcare. Uh, we've got another guy, Sam, who also comes from healthcare. We've got a gentleman named Patrick Lowe, who you know was a privacy analyst for eHealth Ontario. So yeah. there's no uh, shortage of you know depth of knowledge, depth of awareness of the ecosystem, as well as um, knowledge in terms of obviously privacy and security is one of the you know frontmost issues with. Uh, with healthcare, and so we're always making sure we're compliant with that and, and leading with that, right? So um, we have you know, we have technology architects, as you can tell, and th this yeah. isn't. I guess the the cool thing about our team is like it's you know not to discredit, but this isn't a team of junior people who are new to the industry. Uh, this is a team of very experienced senior guys who you know when you say the word privacy, you know I come from fintech and banking, um, and so I know what you know what what constitutes PII. We have guys who know what PHI is. We know what the storage requirements are. We know how to avoid making sure that we're not, uh, you know, we're not crossing boundaries or, or stepping too far along, like into the realm of, um, you know, things that aren't quite allowed, right? So, so you have a good experience team from from the technology, from privacy, from security, uh, from healthcare, uh, who are able to really come together. So we spend less time spinning and researching and more time building and doing, which is probably why we were able to knock this thing out in like two three weeks and really get a production yeah. application running in like pretty record time, right? A week and a half. Oh, definitely. Week what, and a half. What's, what has, Sorry. What ha, it's been a week and a half. Right. So that's what I want to get to. Is when was this project initiated? Probably when you heard about it. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is basically last week. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, man. Cool. Um, I mean, rapid iteration, a rapid response to a rapid crisis with uh, developing. Um, what's been the traction? You guys have been on LinkedIn now showcasing this, each individually kind of promoting this. Um, showing who's the faces behind this, showing what the problem set is. What's been um, some touch, some learning key points from putting it out there? Has there been any uh, anyone who said, "Hey, you might want to watch out for this," or was it an overwhelming support? Uh, how's that uh, traction been? Yeah, Narajan, you guys want to take that? I got some answers, but I let you guys. Uh, I have a couple. I mean, the, most of the sharing that I've done in terms of social media reach. Uh, I it driven a lot of volunteers come in and yep. join. Um, that's like part of the reason why I didn't even I, I didn't even keep track of the number from 18 to 30 as of today, mm -hmm. right? And I saw a bunch of you know LinkedIn messages. People are saying, "Hey, this is cool. Can I help? This mm -hmm. is cool. I can do front end development. I can translate to Mandarin. Uh, this is cool. I can do some NLP machine learning stuff." Like I, one of the guys who's a visiting researcher at Stanford University messages me, "Hey, I can help you here." Can I do mm. Turkish translation and some development here? So uh, the part that I've seen more uh, coming out of that is people are jumping in to help. So they're all coming in to help is what, what I saw. Uh, the part I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing is, hey, let me go get other people to adopt this. Let me go share it with people. Um, there are a couple of people who reach out to me saying, hey, um, uh, my sister and I are trying to do something in India because there are some fake news going around. Can I take it and run with it? Maybe. Right. Um, there was another person uh, asked about that for Sri Lanka. So there, people have asked for their own countries and how they can help. Um, but I'm I'm trying to see um, how people in Canada or U.S. at a public health level uh, are jumping in and saying, "Hey, let's go use this," or "How can I help there?" Uh, that's what I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. And maybe uh, Yashin or Dushan or you know Rakesh sees that differently. Yeah. Um, I guess another question is. 
how malleable is this? So uh, if it's working on different cell networks, working on different types of phones, you know, different load capacities, right? Like um, how, how adjustable is the system you guys are building here? I mean, can you take this and be like, oh, can I deploy it? Can you deploy the bot to, I guess, uh, like Facebook Messenger? or WhatsApp, it can be used on different platforms? Correct, so the way currently it's done is it's channel agnostic. Um, even though we launched it with voice, you know, IVR and SMS, mm -hmm. text messaging, uh, you can easily spin it up on, you know, Facebook Messenger, you can spin it up on uh, Slack. We already have it on Slack where we test our stuff on Slack instead of text, sending text messages, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we can even put it on WhatsApp. Um, what, WhatsApp, however, you need to go through formal approval with WhatsApp. Uh, where we're already we filed an application with them waiting for approval but we already have it enabled in sandbox and texting it right so we are able to test that and validate it's functional um, it's a matter of you know how many channels do we go after mm. so right now our goal is to do you know voice text whatsapp and slack that's what's on the roadmap of doing things but it doesn't prevent people from you know firing it up on uh, uh, facebook messenger Cool. And Facebook um, and WhatsApp get, come as a combination package, right? So you, once you get the approval for one, you get the approval for both? Uh, no, um, those are two separate things, but WhatsApp is where they're um, expecting a proper approval process there. Oh, got it. Okay. Because it's tied to a phone number. Mm. Okay. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. Like, I know the World Health Organization is launched, launched with the WhatsApp or like a WhatsApp help number, right? I think a similar kind of scope they want to do is the global outreach. Anyone needs help, then WhatsApp is one number and, and get help from an assistant, a virtual assistant on um, how to proceed and move forward. And uh, so I, I definitely see the need for this and movement for this, right? So what's, I guess, are you guys ready to launch now? Like, is it usable in the marketplace? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's live. It's live. live. You can just, right now, you can pick up your phone and text it and show it to us. You'll see it. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's I kind can... of uh, well, what, a week and a half into guys. That's what I like about this, right? Well, a week and a half, you guys uh, brought in 30 people, all these technology uh, companies providing resources, and you have a functioning uh, like an application in the market, right? I mean, this is a dream for any, any tech company. And uh, the fact that it's open source is even better. So, so I know you guys are reaching out now to uh, political leaders to galvanize us within that association, but is there a way to just go straight to public with this and blast it out ourselves? Yeah. So it's, sorry, go ahead, Yash. Go ahead. Uh, uh, we uh, just today uh, we went out to a few social media pages. Uh, one of them on Instagram. So so we have it uh, trending on on Six Buzz TV. Um, mm -hmm. They have one and a half million followers. Um, you know, really targeting uh, the millennial group. Um, yep. you know, there's a few uh, uh, influential. Um, uh, uh, individuals uh, across uh, the Canadian, uh, um, you know, sports entertainment and, and, and music industry that also follow the page. So they're hoping that, um, you know, the, 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 the millennial um, sort of masses that um, are keeping up uh, with some news that uh, uh, channels like Six Plus TV uh, are, are giving out, um, they'll, they'll see the message, they'll, they'll adopt, um, you know, the platform, um, it'll pick up that usage and, and hopefully we can get it trending in. Um, also shared and, and endorsed by other uh, Canadian influencers um, that can really help us um, get the, this initiative across the nation. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Um, I feel like a lot of people who want to lend their voice to a project, uh, maybe one of them, 
my team being one of them, like one of the reasons we started doing this hashtag COVID-19 thing. This is a fine project. What are people working on right now that are deployable? Um, and as I was speaking earlier with Dushan, I mean, I, what I love about this project of help deployable is how it gets real world solutions into people's hands and it's changeable, right? It's adjustable by uh, the, the team behind it. Um, so how do we prevent, like one of, the, one of the issues, again, human behavior, um, trolls are having a field day with all this stuff happening right now. There are people trolling uh, webinars and Zoom calls. They're, uh, they're just, just taking advantage of the chaos to cause more chaos for the sake of it. Um, can people mess with the system at all? Like if it's a completely distributed team and system, uh, can a negative player come in and you know, pop in some false code, some false stuff? Like how do you guys uh, prevent that? So, yeah, so, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead, Dusan. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a distributed team who's working on it, but like any good tech team, we still have centralized pull request reviews. We still have a centralized ownership sure. of the environment. Uh, so there's still, it's, you know, it's, a, it's, it's not a completely um, trustless system, right? There are still mm -hmm. gates that are in place from, from the people who are quite committed about this so that we can ensure that as we scale and as we grow, uh, this thing, you know, stays, uh, safe and, and usable for the Canadian environment, right? Now, yep. given that it's going to be open source, can someone take this and, you know, take it somewhere else? Any open source project has that risk, but for our intents and purposes, what we've done is we've made sure that the, the structure here and the team, uh, you know, we've centralized the risk mm. so, that it, the, so that the contributions can happen, but the deployment, like, for example, even the way we've set it up, right, we're not deploying to production overnight. We've got a test environment where things get loaded up for test. We've got about six people who at any given time when someone says something's ready for testing, we all go in and hammer the crap out of the experience and we make sure it's good to go and then we give the approval for it to deploy, right? We're like, we've all got experience taking MVPs to market so we know what the risk could be. So we've set up the structure uh, so that we can limit and, and mitigate that risk. Perfect. And yeah. I would like to add a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, so if you see, uh, any open source projects has a lot of contributors and you have many eyes which are, who are like that are looking at the source code right so mm -hmm. coming back to that uh, point like if, even if something gets missed there are people who will be looking at uh, to that source code and if there is something malleable things uh, is present they can immediately point it out and that can get corrected so Mm -hmm. uh that that's the beauty of open source pro projects like where everybody brings their own expertise like uh, every people brings uh a, a different mindsets right some people are very good in security some people are very good mm -hmm. on DevOps side some are very good on programming putting in a patterns and all right and those can be easily uh, uh like consolidated aggregated together in such a way that uh, when you deliver the product uh, the product will function as expected to fun function and it, it will have the least problem. Hmm. Cool. Uh, yeah, just something I, I wanted to bring up and talk about. Let's uh, step away from the project a little bit and talk, some, uh, talk a little bit more about the personal, about the team, uh, you guys. Um, what are some of the disruptions you guys are facing individually, apart from um, working on this project, uh, with your own business, with your work, um, and how is that pushing you forward in this time of crisis. So let's start with Roger. Um, it, it's, it's a bit of distracting. Um, and I, I have, fortunately I'm able to have Slack running on my corporate laptop so I can respond to things. 
Um, but it, it definitely is distracting. And especially if I'm in meetings, you know, I have a larger team that I manage. So right, especially with this whole COVID-19 situation, things get escalated really quick. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do attend to it. And sometimes I'll, I'll joke to Dushan, it's like, how do you manage this throughout the day? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I get like few hours towards the end of the day. I'll focus and look at this more religiously. Uh, but through, but rest of the day uh, during the work time, whenever I see like 10, 15 minutes, I'll jump into Slack channel and see what's going on and then see where I can help. And I'll go back to work mm-hmm. because obviously somebody's paying my check, right? Yeah. I'm getting my money from a corporate job. And obviously I can't take away my time from there and then contribute to this all the time. Uh, like I, I briefed my director and senior manager saying, hey, I'm volunteering here. And then they were happy about it. Uh, awesome. The only caution they said is like, this is health related. So be careful. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk about your job here or? <laughs> I, I could. Separate. I, I could. I mean, I, I manage a, a team of about 40 something engineers, um, you know, with a bunch of teams under me. We work on, again, customer related problems, uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, for Amazon, um, you know, I work in an te- organization called Customer Engagement Technologies, um, where when we sell stuff to customers, um, you know, when there's an issue for that customer, they have to call us or send us messages or whatnot, whatever channel they come through. Um, my organization builds software solutions to address them, essentially solve that problem. Um, so I, I've been with that organization for about last two and a half years. Uh, mm-hmm. When I started in that org, I had about eight people. Now I have about 40 something. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So that's a great product background to be uh, coming from, the engineering background to be coming from as well. And how about yourself? Just move, move on. Yeah, it's y- Yadish, right? Yashin. 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 Sorry, buddy. Yashin. Okay. How about you? So I guess like uh, answering your first question, um, you know, how is this impacting me, I, I guess, um, uh, uh, on, on, uh, in my career, I've been very fortunate enough uh, to to be part of an amazing group um, where we, uh, we we opened a a, a, a Pico Pizza Bar franchise um, inside Cherry Gardens Mall. Um, and uh, a week and a half ago, uh, you know, it was it was very unfortunate that you know we had to shut down our our business uh, inside the mall. Um, traffic, you know, of course, uh, has like has dropped by ninety five percent. Um, it wasn't feasible for our business to to survive on delivery and takeout only, um, given that we're inside the mall versus you know uh, standalone stores that are downtown Toronto um, that are uh, that that have regular delivery online traffic. Um, it was just a tough decision that we had to make um, for our business to survive. Um, you know the, the mall itself, Calic Fairview, um, is temporarily uh, closed, so we we foresee mm-hmm. um, you know our our business being out of operations uh, for at least the next. Um, 30 days uh, at minimum, and, and who knows? You know, it would, I I estimate it would take at least four to six months before we get to you know even 50 to maybe 60 percent of traffic that we were seeing um, prior to that. Um, mm-hmm. So so definitely, uh, you know, from 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 a financial standpoint or, or from an economic standpoint, you know, th- this has impacted one of my businesses, um, and and so you know we're we're checking the news every single day just to find out you know what kind of um, economic programs um, the government is is uh, releasing you know um, we're, we're fortunate that our financial institution that we're working with um, is giving us some, some relief um, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're waiting every single day to find out um, you know different types of financial support programs um, to, to cover payroll and 
and other expenses within the business. But um, you know, we're 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 staying positive. We know that um, this will pass, and and we're excited when when doors do open back up. Um, I think um, you know this this moment, like you you start to kind of um, appreciate the things that maybe you may have taken for granted prior prior to that. Um, and uh, I'd love to see my customers back uh, at our pizza restaurant as soon as possible. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, like hopefully soon. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and and I think like you know just just to, to echo that like um, you know there's th that's what's kind of been a little bit of that fire to um, you know constantly uh, you know in, in whatever capacity I can support this team um, you know add add uh, as many resources um, uh, as possible and so we can you know all work together we can try and slow down um, this this spread of. Um, uh, of this uh, this virus that we're facing, and, and mm -hmm. all of us can return to um, social gatherings. Uh, you know, working in the office with our coworkers and, and getting back to regular business. Yeah, definitely. And Dishan, uh, you of course came to the podcast, and some of our viewers will know a bit more about you. But could you step in a little bit too and talk about how it's affected you and your uh, and your plans? Probably, um, probably had a bit more positive experience than most, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. I've like, you know, I'm, I'm typically not a work from home kind of guy. I like being in the office. I like the FaceTime, but I've, you know, I like, I'll, I'll kind of show you my workspace here, but this is, this is kind of like the method behind the madness, right? I was able to convert nice. a wall of mine into like my to-do list and uh, <laughs> it's been super productive. I like, I, you know, I clock in. So to Rajan's point, how do I manage both? I like, I'm single and I live alone, right? So I got 24 hours a day to do whatever I want on quarantine now and half of it goes towards Knowledge, which is the company I'm part of. And the other half of it right now goes towards uh, this COVID-19 uh, Toronto bot that we've created, right? So that's, yes. it's, been a, it's been a really cool, like I haven't even, I guess I've been so passionate about both causes and working on both that I haven't even noticed the time uh, go by. I think for ourselves as a team, as Knowledge Hook, to be honest, I think like, Everyone is so fired up about what we can do, especially now that, you know, um, you just, obviously so there's passion on both sides. There's a passion on this team trying to solve the healthcare impact issue. And then on the knowledge trick side, students are remote, teachers are remote, teachers are trying to figure out how to continue education. Parents are trying to figure out how to engage their children at home. We've, uh, we've opened up our um, product to be free. So typically we have a paid platform, but now it's free. Uh, until the end of the school year, much like a lot of other SaaS companies are doing, right? We're not the only ones doing it, um, but there's a lot of SaaS companies opening it up. So we've we've also opened it up as well for teachers to use our platform uh, for free. So, that, so now the entire team is, you know, morning to night, the Slack is going off on, on both channels, COVID and Knowledge Hook about, you know, how can we better improve our experience for our teachers? How can we better improve our experience for our customers? What can we do to evolve this product? What more can we build? Um, so uh, like, you know, the silver lining towards, uh, silver lining around this, like, you know, very, very unfortunate uh, series of uh, events, I guess, is that um, it's really been a call to action for people who are able to really step up when they, the people who are able to step up, right? It's obviously unfortunate there's a lot of people who can't. And, you know, people like in Yashin's situation where you're owning a physical business that relies on foot traffic, it's really unfortunate. Uh, but people like us who have uh, online businesses, it's an opportunity for us to step up and really get fired up about what we can do and where we can add value to society. Yeah, I mean, that's great. And Jen, like, uh, I mean, you, the position you're in right now, it's crazy because you're in a, such a, both a knowledge hook and now with this initiative, uh, you're really at a point where you can drive a lot of change. 
But at Knowledge Hook, you guys really been on a passion to change how teaching is done, how uh, knowledge transfer is, is, is uh, kind of transformed, is transformed in this new age. Um, and you're in the middle of launching a new product too to help parents uh, better help our kids, their own kids by learning math themselves. So kudos for you to be part of this team as well. And all of you guys, really, for putting aside time to find a solution for us all. I know we have one more, um, Rakesh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I had yeah, yeah. to swipe over to see you, man. I'm sorry about that. But uh, I'm going to try more to engage with you. Let's, let's talk a little about yourself. Um, yeah. What are you dealing with right now? Uh, definitely. So coming back to uh, your questions, like how is it impacting? So let me just give you a little bit background about yeah. myself. Like I've been in this uh, computer industries for like almost like 20 years now. Uh, building a lot of products. I build many consumer-facing products. I used to work with the uh, uh, like uh, mobile telecom telecom companies for Samsungs and LG. Mm. Uh, build so many phones. Like I was decked there almost a decade in South Korea uh, before uh, in 2016 when I moved here in Toronto. And uh, during those my whole uh, time period, uh, I have created many. Uh, commercial applications which are like really in the hands of the people and when I can see those people using those applications, it gives uh, uh, an immense uh, pleasure that uh, I, I'm giving something back to the societies and the society is actually using that. And similarly, because of that mindset, uh, uh, I, when I came here, one of the goal for me was to actually start my own company. And I was running, uh, doing some bunch of jobs, like I did a couple of jobs. Uh, and then uh, this year, in the beginning of the, this year, I left everything. I decided, like I was in a very high paying job, <laughs> uh, doing the best things, uh, working as a, almost like a CTO in, the, in, in a company where we were solving the problems from uh, government of Canada, for, if you hope, if, you must be knowing about ICED program where we were actually helping uh, this government to solve uh, the supply chain traceability of the metals. Uh, uh, because like, you know, back uh, last year, I think in 2018, uh, when Trump, uh, President Trump imposed around 25% uh, uh, duty, uh, Canadian uh, government doesn't have any idea like how they can uh, reciprocate on that. Uh, so that's the reason like they they gave a grant and I was building the projects. Uh, it was amazing projects. Uh, I reached uh, to a certain uh, milestones. And similarly, we also, uh, like one of the projects I work was on uh, uh, on the CBP sites from the US department for tracing the oil supply chain. So it was amazing things going. And in the beginning of this year, I decided, okay, this is really good things. I can use all the good technologies and uh, all the new blockchain stuff I was doing. Let me start my own things. And in the, it, like I started uh, back like somewhere in the middle of the February when I went to full time in my business. Uh, I had a certain uh, projects which, which I have been working and I wanted to uh, go, go so into the market I, I and explore it. Yeah. Has it disrupted so, your business? Yeah. Has it disrupted uh, what your, your plans were? Yeah. So uh, the thing is my plans were completely disrupted because uh, those two projects, uh, like uh, one of the projects was in the healthcare. So 
with my business partner when I started, he uh, I was the first one who started, and he he was supposed to join later. Uh, but now when I I went all went in, and now when I'm working on these projects, uh, I, I like there were a bunch of meetings which is happening every week. And now I can't do any of those meetings and mm. actually market those projects. So yeah. uh, I have been like, I would say uh, a, a lot more impacts on the way on my current project plans uh, right now. Uh, so I really need to decide because like when I started these things, I, 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 I went with uh, around 18 months of runway. Now I really need to re rethink, can I still do it? And uh, if I can like, if I want to do it, I need to reduce my timeline to do the same projects, right? So, uh, in a sense that it has been impacted a lot. Uh, but uh, seeing these projects, like when I came across to these projects, uh, definitely this is one of the things I was very passionate about uh, from my early times, which I was explaining to you, that uh, when I work with the consumer-facing projects, it gives uh, a, a, some kind of uh, a satisfaction in, in, in the mind, in the heart, uh, that, that you are contributing something to the societies. And when the societies use this, it actually builds the wealth. Uh, yeah. I built so many phones in my life. Uh, like I haven't even had that many phones, my own phone, yeah. but I built so many different kinds of phones. Uh, but like when, when it comes to uh, using those phones and when people build the application on top of that, like my, my team was the first one who actually built the Android operating systems uh, in, the, in the Samsung. Uh, so oh. I, can, I can understand like how, how much pleasure it gives me when I engage in this kind of social cause or a social wealth kind of problems. And Absolutely. that was one of the reasons I'm right now full in whatever I can do from my side to come and help. Perfect. I mean, that's really what I commend you guys for is uh, taking yeah. upon the social cause to drive something that betters us all and help, hopefully, um, like, like you said earlier, uh, fix problems that can help us end this crisis for us all, right? Get us back to business, business as usual. Um, one thing I always want to ask before I let you guys go, uh, the government of Canada, the province of Ontario, and municipalities have opened up, um, you know, I guess, uh, uh, bids, right, for requests for ideas, requests for things, uh, you know, companies to pitch them almost. Um, it's kind of cool to see the government being super yeah. open now yeah. to be like, yeah, yeah, give us some ideas. How can we respond to this better? Um, have you guys reached out uh, to those programs? Have you applied to those programs? Has there been any turnaround from that? How's your experience been? So I just chip in for that. Uh, so yeah. that's uh, on Ontario together. And I have reached yes. out to the Ontario government to actually uh, present our case. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't heard them back yet, uh, but we are looking forward to hear them. Back. And I also okay. reach out some of some of the uh, the, Peel, the region of Peel here. This is where I am and uh, try to uh, share the information uh, to the government. Uh, they have escalated to their uh, the next uh, superior because you know the people who, who I uh, spoke to they were not the decision maker so I we, we are yet to hear them uh, hear back from them. Yeah, I mean that's a unfortunate thing. Like I think again that's another problem that government's going to face is yeah one thing to ask for all this help but how do you process it and figure things out? And this is really about getting the solution and the, and the ideas behind this to the right uh, key uh, stakeholders who can really push it forward. 
on my part, before this call, actually today, I was actually tagging a few MPs um, to your post and uh, tagging, I, I sending them the links to this. And in the hopes that we can somehow, uh, at least a front-facing part of the government will view this. But again, for the implementation, what do you, what do you hope to get from the government other than like a, a co-sign, right? Like, is there any particular resource? Do you need them to blast it out? Do you need them to connect you with uh, key infrastructure pieces in healthcare? Uh, is there any particular ask you have from the private province or for the government of Canada? I think, I um, yeah, sorry, I just, I try to give a pause, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think what we're looking for right now, to your point, like we don't need resources right now, right? Mm. We're, we've got a production app, it, you know, that's ready for, for prime time that is in, in public uh, deployment, right? So what we would need, and I think what we're looking for is really just the alignment and the support from the government saying, you know, we, we agree with this being aligned with the, we, we built this off the Health Canada requirements. We built this off the, the province of Ontario uh, Ministry of Health requirements, right? So we're replicating their recommendations. And so I think what we're looking for is an official uh, support saying, yep, you guys are, you know, in line and we recommend to the public to go to this health line uh, to this helpline, sorry, to, to pre-assess and to answer their immediate questions. And then obviously to work with the, the government and say, listen, what's the next big problem we can tackle? Because this is one problem into your, to, the, to how we started this conversation, right? We're a team of 30 plus entrepreneurs and technologists and strategists. Like we don't have to end here. If the next big problem is, you know, one thing that we floated around is how do we help at-risk, um, you know, at-risk individuals uh, who shouldn't be leaving their homes, I guess, uh, how do we get them help to you know run errands, run groceries, whatever? If the government goes, that's the next big issue, guys. We got 30 people with no egos and a lot of talent who are ready to solve that problem, right? So how do we get lined up with the government to be their you know their their SWAT team for technology right now? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the power behind that kind of community, I think, it really speaks for itself. One, this application got built in a quick time frame, but again, like exactly like you said. Um, I, I really love the idea that you guys are already thinking about other problems you can solve and how you can position resources you guys have accumulated been able to uh, attribute together um, uh, towards you know solutions that can help us all. Uh, so really kudos to you guys and uh, like hopefully we can make some make some impacts here by this call that we did and uh, promoting on our channels. Um, at Bluemax and our team, we're willing to help as much as we can as well. Um, we are really good at making noise, so we'll make some noise for you guys and drive some traffic your way. Hopefully that really gets people listening. And uh, again, guys, great job on all of this. And thank you again for your time, uh, your commitment to solving issues that face us all. And uh, best of luck moving forward and uh, keep the collective strong. Before we break, if, I, if you don't mind, I just want to make a quick plug. Uh, COVID19TO.com, yeah. at COVID19TO, Instagram, web, please check us out, uh, and that would be very helpful. Yeah, Ashton, I don't know if you want to make any secondary plugs. Well, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get this out, out to the masses, and, and uh, thank you, Ravi, so much for having us all uh, today uh, yeah. podcast. Right. Uh, we really appreciate your support um, and sharing this with your network. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And the number of people can text to try this out right now. Yeah, so there's a number for texting it. Um, I mean, we can, I can just read it out uh, if it helps. We'll post so it. We'll post one, it. Yeah. Yeah. One eight 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 nine two five six nine nine eight. Perfect. Um, yeah, that's the number. Live right now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Again, thanks, Ravi, for having us. This is really good. Uh, I never participated in one of these things before, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's very interactive. <laughs>
Yeah, Thanks a lot, know, I've been buddy. trying to, I've been trying to figure out how to get Rajan on uh, on a podcast anyway. So awesome. that's uh, at least is a check mark out of uh, my book as well for this. But oh, we'll uh, guys, do another one. We'll do another one, man. We'll do another yeah. one. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you, guys. This has been great, and uh, best of luck on the COVID TO project. Awesome. Stay safe. Right, awesome. Thanks a lot, Ravi. Wash your hands. Thank you. <laughs> Stay home. Stay, Stay home. home.